Right, uh, turn with me to Matthew chapter 6. Verses 22 to 23. So we're going to finish with covetousness today. Okay, we're going to finish with covetousness. And um, we'll go from the Matthew six twenty-two to 23. Okay. The light of the body is the eye. If therefore your eye be single, the whole body shall be full of light. Verse 23, next one. But if your eye be evil, your whole body shall be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in you be darkness, how great is that darkness? I remember... This, the context of the scripture is speaking about, is talking about uh, money and trusting God. Where your treasure is, verse 21 talks about where your treasure is, there will your heart be, and so on. So, and then he goes into this scripture, and then it may look like he's talking about something else, but actually if you go do the study, then, then you will see that Jesus was quoting out of the rabbi's books, this um, that he said there, and it had to do with first fruits. Okay, so many of you have heard that already. It has to do with first fruits, and when Israel moved from um, where they used to always give cattle, and you know, maybe Grootsak Artapels, and then they moved to where they started working. For example, like this, and then they wanted to know how should they then, how should they calculate first fruit? Um, and then they said, they worked it out, and they said anything between, between fort, one fortieth and one sixtieth. And then the rabbi said, if you give one sixtieth, your eye is evil. Okay? And if you give one fortieth, then your eye is good. Or single, and basically it means if you make it if you make it one sixtieth, then obviously you give less first fruit, and if you make it one fortieth, you give a greater first fruit. Am I saying it right, or is it the other way around? Am I right? Yeah. So, um, so which means so they left it up to you, and and what that meant was that as you pick then make the market choose the one sixty, but if your heart is free, you choose the one forty. You understand? So you'll give more to God. Okay, you'll give more to God, and so what it is saying, your eye uh, is then it is there's a little bit of covetousness coming into your eye because you want to hold on, right? And um, so, so when there's covetousness in your eye, the lust of the eye, right? Covetousness produces the lust of the eye. I want, I want. I am never satisfied. I sometimes don't understand why people complain and say they, they don't have. Um, but when you look, they have. Um, 
and that is in any um, going from uh, any person and so on so this has to do with I'm just doing a quick recap here I'm just saying it a little bit differently about covetousness verses 24 and then you see he goes right back no man can serve two masters right so he didn't leave the topic he was um, taking a quote out of their books because it applied to what he was saying no man can serve two masters for either will hate the one love the other or else you will hold to the one despise the other you cannot serve God and mammon so in this verse we have we have two masters one if the one is served the other one is not served um, and if you're serving the one then you will hate the other okay so in other words if you love the one then you hate the other remember the book of Timothy said the love of money is the root of evil money is not evil we've heard that so many times money is not evil but it's the love for it but if you love the one you hate the other um, so if you love the other then it means your heart is there and your heart is not with the other because it has taken your heart and if your heart is there then it means that's where your treasure is because where your treasure is that's where your heart is also right so your treasure is there so that is the one that has your commitment it has your commitment you understand that and the other one gets gets less commitment and which if your heart your treasure and everything is there then it means that you value this one and if you value this one you will despise or think less of the other one right you despise the other you cannot serve God and mammon so a simple example is that now the mammon is not so much a, it's not so much money it's just the spirit behind that seeks to influence us and so on now if you uh, let's take an example when you read something like this then lots of people tend to think okay I mustn't work okay so that I'm not serving mammon that's not that's not what it is saying uh, for example if you at your job if you see your job as your source then then what happens is then this one gets your service okay that does not mean that if God if you see God as your source you are not serving at your work that's not what it means but if if you if your job is seen as the source then it replaces God because God wants to be seen as your source right Are you all with me so and then so if you see your job as your source then it has your commitment does your loyalty then you then you then you won't uh, then you won't stand up for righteousness you'll lie if your boss is lying and cheating and ask you to do that you will do it why because if, what if I don't what if I stand up what if I lose my job what will happen to me 
those type of things. Okay? And so, which means then you see this as your source. But if you see God as the source, then you know that even if you lose your job because you're standing up for righteousness, you know your source is still there. Because the source is God. The source is not the job. Right? God uses the job, right, to take care of you. Okay. Um, let's have an example. Let's go to 1 Kings chapter 17, verses 2 to 6. 1 Kings chapter 17, verses 2 to 6. Okay. And the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, this is Elijah. The word of the Lord came unto him. Get the hence and turn the eastward. Yes, maybe you must give them another modern translation. <laughs> okay. Get away from here and turn eastward and hide by the brook Sherith, which flows into the Jordan. Okay, next one. And it will be that you shall drink from the brook and I have commanded the ravens to feed you there. Or just eating and drinking. Okay? Eating and drinking. You'll drink from the brook and the ravens will feed you. Right? And so he went and did according to the word of the Lord. For he went and stayed by the brook Cherith, which flows into the Jordan. Last one. Verse 6. The ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning and bread and meat in the evening and he drank from the brook eating and drinking. Right? So, uh, Elijah had just prophesied there won't be rain. There won't be rain. There's famine coming. So there's going to be a struggle. And God says to him, his source says to him, go to the brook Cherith. And there I will, you will drink and there I have commanded the ravens to feed you. Right? So, God told him to go there. So God is using the brook and God is using the raven to feed him and so that he can drink to live. Right? In the next scripture, verse 7. And it happened after a while that the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. So now it dried up. Okay, next one. Then the word of the Lord came to him saying, next one. Arise, go to Zarephath, which belongs to Zidon, or Sidon, and dwell there. See, I have commanded a widow there to provide for you. So the source stays the same, but the method of provision can change. Okay? And that is, and that is, what, we must, that is what, what we must keep in. Remember, I said to you right from the start that God is after your heart. Remember, if you love the one, you then hate the other one. Right? So, God is after your heart. God said, you shall love me with all your heart, all your mind, all, all your soul, and all your strength. So, the source stays, the Father, God. He stays the same, but the method of provision may change. Right? So, that is important to see. So it doesn't matter, um, it doesn't matter how, what God uses to take care of you, 
The source stays the same. In, in my personal life, I can testify to this scripture because what happened to me is I first worked and I was the first a tennis coach and I used to coach there. But I always knew that God was my source. Okay? I, that's the, I had a few bad things that could be worked on in business or in, in those type of things. And, uh, but I knew that God was my source. And then there came a time when God, I started feeling God said, you know, uh, leave the coaching. I want you to come concentrate on this. And uh, it took me a year to make the decision because I was battling with where am I going to get it? And at one stage I, w- I was praying and I think we were praying with Andreen and Eugene them also at their house and we were praying about this thing of Lord, must I leave my work and so on. I think I know Andreen came and gave me word and said she feels the Lord said it's time to leave the work which was now I know okay I know that <laughs> but how what was the, the question and then while we were praying but I never told them but while we were praying the Lord gave me this scripture while we were praying he said the widow will take care of you and I knew that the Lord was basically speaking about the church because the church is a woman but I never said that to any of you. I never said that to anybody. Uh, that, hey, God said to me, Elijah must went and said, hey, listen here, give me first, then God will take care of you. And I never came and did that because I'm uncomfortable with that still. So I probably still have to sort some, some stuff out of myself. But I was uncomfortable with say, coming to you and saying, listen, God told me, leave my work and you will take care of me. And I, I think at that time we were even less than we are now. So, um, the, 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 the battle in the mind and the income in the church was less than it is now. You know, so Lord, where, how, uh, the, 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 the bills are high, the expenses I, and I think we had already moved into that new place uh, here in Meersrach, First Street North. I don't know how long am I? I think maybe two or three years. How long is it? I'm not sure. But anyway, and the Lord said, so I kept that to myself because I, I'm uncomfortable with telling you that you must take care of me. But when I did make the choice to do it, the, the Lord was faithful to work into your hearts and the widow is taking care of me amen so i can testify to that word that it worked although it took me a year to make the decision right and i know that the lord had moved on many people's heart to come and take um, uh, help us and and started to give and so on so i think this is a good opportunity to say thank you to everyone that was obedient. Um, sometimes you don't realize how obedient and timely your giving was, right? To myself and my wife. Many times it was the last, and then someone would come and give. But they would come and give us this is normal, but they don't know how timely and how obedient they were to the Spirit, even if they just felt the feeling or just felt to give. And so God used various things 
from restringing a tennis racket to someone giving. Um, I mean, we went on holidays. Uh, the, the one holiday we went on, uh, we wanted to go to Cape Town. We weren't up for the drive because of the kids was too small and it was going to be chaos in the car driving that long road to Cape Town. So we, so we were sort of hanging in the air and then someone came who hadn't been in, in church here in a long time and he had just been at some other service somewhere in, in at some lodge or something and, uh, and they had given prophetic word to him and he felt so and while he was there he felt so grateful for me always being there even though he's not here always being there and he came that Sunday to church and he said listen what are you doing this holiday you guys going away I said no not sure yet we're looking at things he said you know what I'll pay for all of you you can fly and he said go look at the flights now it's like you know for all of us to fly is, is, is a lot and he said, I'll pay for all of you. You can fly down to, to Cape Town and go enjoy the holiday. So he was faithful. He kept his word. And I, I went and found out how much is the flights. Sent him the bill. I think we also got a little bit of discount. So I think it was something about fourteen or 15000 So it was the two kids and, and my, myself and my wife. And then we flew down to Cape Town. So the Lord, from different ways... The Lord provided. And um, the source must stay the same. Your eye must be single. Your, and when we say single, it means it must be focused. It must not be distracted from God. It must stay on God. Now remember, we're talking about, last week we spoke about the Father. The Father clothing, the Father and so on. And, 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 and that's most the mind father written on the forehead that means my mind is focused on the father right it is it is it controls what i do so when it comes to so so what we are saying we basically just as i keep saying to you it's not a thing of saying leave your work and so if you leave your work you now really feel you're serving god right that's not what i'm saying what I'm saying is it's the heart, the love, the devotion, the, the commitment, who you see as source. That is what you have to establish in your heart, what, who you see as source. Because uh, like I say, in my, in my own life I have seen, though I have gone from here to there, it has always been God. Then when we get when things happen, we always acknowledge that God was the one who provided. We can see it is Him. Okay, so the main thing is the devotion and the commitment. If, uh, if you get, if you happen to, something happens, maybe get falsely accused, something like that, your source is still the same. Your source is God. Amen? Now that's, that's ending off with covetousness. Okay, that's the end. All right, now let's go to let's go to First Corinthians chapter fifteen verses twenty-four. First Corinthians chapter fifteen verses twenty-four. Now we read 
last week, Matthew chapter 6 and Luke chapter 12, where we said, consider the ravens, consider the lilies. And then we didn't go into that last part, verses 33, where it said, seek first the kingdom. So what does God want from us? God wants us to seek the kingdom first. Now, and the word priority, right? The word priority. And the word priority in the English dictionary means that which must be done or seeked first. That's what the word priority means. That which must be done or seeked first. Priority. So when Jesus comes and says, seek first the kingdom of God, he's talking about priorities. Right? Uh, Eating and drinking, clothing and so on, must not be our priority. What must be our priority is the kingdom. Jesus' priority was doing the will of the Father. He said, uh, my meat or my food is to do the will of, of my Father which is in heaven. So, if you read Matthew chapter 6, if you read it in, in the whole chapter together, you must go read the whole chapter together. He starts off by talking on prayer and fasting and giving, and then he goes into this is how you should pray, and then he goes into other things. It looks like he's going into other things, but he's not. Uh, he's actually still talking about Prayer, because if you understand Matthew, uh, the one we read, 22, 23, 24, 25, 26, 27, 28, 29, 30, into 31, down to 33, seek first the kingdom, talking about the ravens, the lilies, and so on. Trust the Father for the eating and the drinking, okay? Then it means that that you can concentrate on His will. Okay? You can concentrate. If you learn how to trust God as Father who takes care of eating and drinking, takes care of feeding you, providing for you, making sure you get what you, what you need. Your Father knows what you have need of. The Scripture. Right? Then, what, you, what happens then when you go to pray, you know you don't need to pray about that. And again, I can testify of that. It does work. I have more about two to three years of experience and testimony of that it works. You can't concentrate on the kingdom and on the will of the Father if you are anxious about other things. You can't. Try to pray. There's no food at home. Try to pray about thy kingdom come. You can't. All you're thinking about, my bread must come. My bread must be on the table. Where is my bread? Where is my food? You know, try to pray about the kingdom when you know 
It's middle of the month. Okay, my car goes off in the middle of the month. Um, because I, omdat ek geld stik stik kry. So I made it in the middle of the month. The car goes off. Try to concentrate on the will of God and the kingdom. When you know to, tomorrow the car is going off and there's no money in that account. You can't. Unless you have developed and built your faith, your trust in the Father. I, I shared my one testimony with you where they had money, there was no money in their account. And you know what? Um, you, you also mustn't misunderstand what I'm saying when last week when I said to you, you know, I will, my, there's no money or we need to still buy things and there's only like 500 rand and my wife said, yes, my city clear and I said, okay, go buy. But I do that as father. You mustn't misunderstand me that I, I don't go and take 2,500 rand and I know my car must be paid tomorrow and I go spend it on something else. Then say, no, I don't do that. I take what, what I must pay, I pay. My car must go off, money goes there. The house, there. Everything that must go off, the expenses, it goes there. As money comes, it goes there. So I'm not reckless. But um, and there was this one time where there was no money in my account and the car, I knew the car was going to go off the next day and there was nothing. I was fine the whole time. I was like, the Father is going to provide, the Father is going to provide. Came, came the, the, the day before, internet, early in the morning, internet banking, zero, nothing is there. Now it's getting to you. Now I can't think on thy will be done. Thy kingdom come. I can't think on anybody that... I can't think on counseling. I can't think on nothing. All I'm thinking about, there's no money in my account. And ek wili bank with my biali. The bank is very quick to call you. Uh, anybody got some experience? Bank is quick to call you. If there's... For example, the one time there was a mistake with the medical aid. They took off two months and there was enough money and then they took off two, two or three months. I don't know. It was over 6,000 and then they just... Man, I was like, what? And then the bank phoned me. Listen, you in minus. What? I said, uh, there should be money. I don't understand what's going on. They said, no. The, there's so much money went off. I said, well, I'm not there. I'm in South, I'm in South Africa. I will have to then come and sort it out when I come back. And then I had the medical, I had to pay it back. And, uh, and then I still had to pay that, over, that overdraft fee, uh, something I get. And so they're quick to phone you if the money is not there. So I say, hey, Tsukiri means with my Biali. And uh, anyway, so I'm sitting and I'm walking outside on the grass and I'm saying, Lord, how, what? You're you taught me, don't pray for eating and drinking. Don't pay, pray for money. Oh, now what now? How must I pray here? And I'm trying my best to do it, but I can't get this feeling out of my heart and off my mind. Can't get it off. I can't shake it. And I'm sitting there. And then I'm trying everything. I say, Lord, that where... 
and I'm tempted to pray. Now, I'm not saying as a, as a child of God, you can't ask God. That's not what I'm saying. But Jesus was saying, if you are going to grow into a son, from a child to a son, then you have come to learn. It's the father's resp- the father knows his responsibility. He's well aware of what he must do and take care of. So I'm sitting there at the so, I, so then I go sit in the lounge and I'm here, okay? And and I sit and I say, Lord, I agree you want to pity. I will put my weird okay. That's one of the struggles I had with when he started teaching me about sonship. All of a sudden I didn't know what to pray about. Why? Because your prayers are dominated about yourself. Now you learn if you're a son, stop praying for yourself. Leave that to the Father. Why? So that you can concentrate on the kingdom and his will. So now all of a sudden, now I have to stop praying. Anyway, so I'm sitting there and then the Holy Spirit says to me, why don't you ask Jesus what he would do if he was in your shoes? I say, that's not a good idea. I'm thinking to myself, that's a good idea. And then I, I, uh, I say, okay, Jesus, because he's most the perfect son. He knows how to walk with the Father. He knows that relationship. And I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, okay, Jesus, if you were in my shoes, what would you do? And I got an answer back quickly. It's one of those moments where you get quick answers. It's not where you have to plung for the answer. And, uh, and, he, and he said, I would still believe that my father hasn't failed me. He knows what he's doing. Single mind. Not double minded. You know? Now obviously as you go increase in the amount it gets you get used to it, then you climb, then you get used to it, then you climb, then you get used to it. You know, and so it goes on. And uh, and then I said, oh, and it gave me peace. Peace. You know the scripture says peace that surpasses all understanding. Peace. Finished. All of a sudden that thing left me. Gone. So okay. Salidawarini. Next day, the money wasn't in. But I was calm. But the bank never phoned me. I don't know why they didn't phone me. But that was on a weekend a Friday, I think. The Monday, the money was in. Money was there. The car went, and the car didn't go off. Sorry, the car didn't go off that Friday, and it should have gone off the Friday, and I don't know why it didn't go off, because it's like clockwork. Uh, Has it ever happened to you that sometimes it doesn't go off? Yeah, you see. Now, I didn't know that. He knew that. And then the Monday, when the car went off, the money was in. And so I was stressing for nothing. Right? Um, So there's that, that thing. So you can't think of the kingdom... And you can't concentrate on the world. You can't do what Jesus instructed you on how to pray if you're anxious about these things. Right? You have to learn how to trust Him. Right? 
And, that's, and that happens as you grow and mature as a son. You learn to do that and so on. And so, so J- Jesus wants you to give these things over to the Father so that you can have the focus right. Seek first the kingdom. Priority. When you come into prayer, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come. Right? So the, the kingdom has to be put first. Now when we say kingdom, it doesn't mean that I'm saying here, you know, you've got to give here the whole time. That's not what I mean. Although that is included in that. That is not excluded in that. But when we talk about kingdom, we are talking about something bigger than the church. Because the church is not the kingdom. Right? The church is only the vessel that God wants to use for the kingdom. So we're talking about something bigger. And uh, so we we have 1 Corinthians 15, 24. We are told to seek the kingdom of God first. Then comes the end. So if you're looking for uh, the end time scriptures, this is a very good end time scripture, but we're not going to talk about end times now. Right? It's very different from a rapture. Then comes the end when he, who is he? Jesus. When Jesus delivers the kingdom to God and the Father, when he puts an end to all rule and all authority and power. Right? So when will Jesus deliver a kingdom to God, the Father? When? At the end? When is the end? When he has put down or puts an end to all rule and all authority and power. Right? So in other words, how is there a kingdom delivered up to God? When there is all authority, all power and all rule is put down. Do you know that Genesis chapter 1 verses 26 it says, And God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion. Do you know the word dominion means to reign? Dominion means to put down. Dominion means to tread down. So, yeah, did God leave his plan? No, he hasn't left his plan. He's still after his plan. He still wants to tread down, put down, bring all things under his feet. Now what you've got to notice about this scripture is, it doesn't say when all people are saved. The, there's a kingdom delivered up to God the Father when everyone is saved doesn't say that what it says is when all rule all authority all power is subdued that that means that means that God wants the church you know the old saying we said it a lot you are the head and not the tail. You are above and not beneath. And you know, it's not a song. It's just when the preachers preach and they want to get you excited. Yes, he woof. 
Jy is boe, jy is die onnerie. Right? God wants to put you above. This scripture says that God wants the church to go sit in positions of rule. Well, positions of rule, authority, and the word for power there refers to demonic powers um, because the next two or three scriptures says the last enemy that shall be destroyed is death, dealing with the power. Okay? Death is a, a spirit. So all rule and all authority. Now we've done teachings on authority. Honoring authority. The rebellion. Remember? And we mentioned there is civil authority. Okay? There is social authority. There's church authority. And then there's domestic authority. And I think there's a, I think there's a fifth one. I'm not so sure. We've done it in such a long time. Those are, that means there's a, the husband is the head of the wife. The parents are the head, the authority over children. Social authority, bosses, and so on and so on. Civil authority, governments, um, uh, police, and so on. Authorities. This scripture says all authority must be put down. So, what happens is with revival is that we never influence those positions. People just get saved and get saved and get saved and they come into the church. Our churches grow bigger, but we never influence people in those positions. Or very rarely the church comes into those positions. So, when you understand this, we are now, then we are shifting the focus more to going out then then really wanting you to just see how you can work in here because here only a few will work right bishops deacons elders fivefold ministry are all apostles are all prophets are all evangelists pastors and teachers no so when you come here there's only a few working. But when we go out, then we all are working for God. You've got to understand that. A calling. A calling for you. Right? So, so if we must seek the kingdom and we understand that the kingdom seeks to influence um, these positions, then we must change our focus and stop, and, and not just go for people being saved, we must even go to a, to a place where we seek to influence high positions. Now you are seeking kingdom. Now you are seeking to advance the kingdom. You are seeking the goal of God. What is the goal of God? He says that all things should be brought under the headship of Christ. Ephesians chapter 1. All things should be under His feet. Ephesians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1. That He might reconcile all things to Himself. 
bring all things. He wants to be over all things. Do you understand that? So when we're seeking kingdom, we're changing our focus. We now want to go into positions, but we, I mean, we are so far from that. Jesus did not only speak to the poor. Jesus could speak to a centurion. Jesus could speak to a rich man. Jesus could speak to Pontius. Jesus, Jesus as king could threaten Caesar. So, Jesus could speak into every area. Didn't matter whether you were poor, he could hang with you. You were rich, he could hang with you. You president or what, he could hang with you. Do you see? But because we have the concept that everyone must be saved, then, it, then the kingdom is no. Where everybody may be saved, but we're still under the government of something else. Do you understand that? The culture cannot be transformed. I, I was sharing with Alex, I read something interesting. You know the scripture that says, Paul in Corinthians chapter, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, he says, When I came to you, I spoke nothing else except Christ and Him crucified. Right? Then chapter 3 says, When I came to you, he says, oh, he says, I could not speak to you as unto men, but as unto babes. So, as long as we're sticking to the gospel of Christ and Him crucified, that means we are sitting with babies in the church. We have to go beyond that. And let's talk kingdom. Let's talk how we can influence legislation. Let's talk how we can influence education. Let's talk how we can go into government. Let's talk how, how we can get biblical business. Let's talk, these, this is complex. I mean, we talk about ruling and it's complex. It's far. Why? Because we are so me, myself, and I focused. Or we don't get to the point where we sort ourselves out so we can stop worrying about ourselves and start concentrating on the kingdom. So, so now we must start talking about Christ and Him exalted. Why He was exalted as who? Lord. He's the head of all principality of power. He's the head of every name. He's above. He's the governor among the nation. You understand? Also, buy a fair fund it. But we at least have to begin to understand these things. So we can at least change our minds and start rewiring our focus. Right? When you see that, then you realize, man, I've got, a, I've got a mission. I've got a ministry of reconciliation. And that is not just bringing you into a relationship with God. The Bible says, give me uh, Col uh, Colossians. 
verses 16. Colossians 1 verses 16. Colossians 1 verses 16. You see, now our focus gets different. Now I can't focus on me anymore. I've got to have a different... Seek first the kingdom. Colossians 1 verses 16. For by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in the earth, visible and invisible, whether they be in thrones, dominions, uh, whether they be principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him. Verse 17, he is before all things. Notice the word all things. Not all people. Things. It's very important. Notice all things. He is before all things, and by him all things consist. For he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in that in all things he might have the preeminence. That means he's above all things. That's why he's the first one to raise from the dead. That's why he's the first one before all creation. That's why he's the head of the church. Why? So that he can be first in everything. That's why the resurrection couldn't come until he came. That's why the church couldn't start until the cornerstone came. He had to be first. In all things. So that he can have preeminence. Okay. Um, where are we? Uh, verse 19. For it pleased the Father that in him should all the fullness dwell. That's not only talking about glory. That's talking about all things. The fullness. He wants all things under his rule. It changes the focus. And having made peace, verse 20, and having made peace through the blood of his cross by him to reconcile all things unto himself, listen, to reconcile all things, not people. People are included in things. To reconcile all things unto himself. By him to reconcile all things unto himself. By him I say, whether they be things in the earth or things in the heavens. And you that were sometimes alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now has he reconciled. So God says, what is the ministry of the church? If Ephesians chapter 4 says he gave fivefold ministry for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry. What is the ministry? The ministry of the saints is the reconciling of all things. To bring all things back to Christ. So now, now we're not waiting for Jesus to return. He's waiting for us to get working. Because then, like I said in Bible school, then you talk about until time. Hebrews chapter 10 says, He's seated in heaven. He went and sat down at the right hand, waiting until His enemies are made His footstool. Waiting until. Psalm 110 verse 1, Then the Lord, Jehovah, 
said unto my Lord Adonai, Jesus the Son, sit ye at my right hand until, so you're going nowhere. You stay here until your enemies are made your footstool. So Jesus is not coming back until the church puts all things under his feet. I, I said in Bible school, why, are you, why do you read those books? I don't understand why you read those books. They tell you, they told you he was coming before the year 2000. When I grew up watching TBN, they said, when Israel went back, when, all, when the Jews going from different nations started going back to Israel, do you remember that? Or Jerusalem, 1948 is the year. Do you remember that? We say, wasn't born? Okay, I also wasn't born, but I heard that date coming up. They used that date. People, this is the sign. Then they said, this generation. And they said the generation was 40 years. So from 1948, add 40, is 1988. Am I right? Is my maths right? So before the year 2000, Jesus will be back. He didn't, he didn't come back. Or maybe we left behind. <laughs> and everybody already went. Right? Then, when the year 2000 was going to start, what did they do? Then they said, no, 2000. Something's going to happen. Then, ah, oh, when it didn't come, they just keep changing the books. Change the dates. Then there was this other DVD going around of this one Jew who got saved and was studying and he was walking out the timeline from Daniel and he was saying, and that year's already passed, I think it was 2006 or 7. he said within this year, we're going to see, according to the calculations from a Hebraic understanding, and it's, we in 2015, How many dates have they not made? Yeah, August. Yeah, every year they're looking for dates. No, until there's enough scriptures. I, I'm not, this is not my topic now. There's enough scriptures to talk about this. There is enough. Right there early in the book of Acts, Acts chapter 2, Acts chapter 3. Jesus is retained, he's kept in heaven until the time, until the time of restitution of all things. So he's staying there until all things are restored. So where are you going? Right? And then you've got to look at the, the, the topic of resurrection. Because when he comes, it's resurrection. So then you must study resurrection. When is resurrection going to happen? And then you must understand the manifestation of the sons of God. Because when the sons manifest, it's at resurrection. Because their bodies get redeemed, delivered. So there are a lot of things to think about in this area. And we've got to understand until time. What are we waiting for? Seek ye first the kingdom of God. We must, we must start moving away from just, you know, 
let's get ourselves sorted out and then let's get focused on the mission the mandate let us make man in our image and after our likeness and let them have dominion it means to subdue it means to tread down right that's what it means okay so that's the the kingdom we have to seek the kingdom of God we have to seek to bring things back under his rule right then the next thing we're not gonna go into much detail about this all I want you to know is seek the kingdom first right and that means that in your workplace it now becomes it now becomes a place where I have ministry okay and that does not mean you preach to your boss that is not what that is not what it means right we we will we're going to look at that okay we're going to look. if the occasion arises and the opportunity is there by all means but otherwise that is not your goal okay um, let's go to Hebrews chapter 8 verses 10 So the kingdom must become priority when i read first corinthians 15 24 and i saw that i saw all rule i mean he's after chief positions why because he wants a kingdom he wants to influence laws principles culture you understand uh, Hebrews chapter 8 verses 10 for this is the new covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days said the Lord I will put my laws into their mind and write them in their hearts and I will be to them a God and they shall be to me a people so how does a in a kingdom how do you rule you rule by law God says new covenant is I write my law on your hearts so in other words truth revelation must not just stay revelation it must go to a place where it becomes your law that you live by it must become your moral code your standard within you then it's not his law it becomes my law I personalize it now now it becomes what I live by otherwise you get revelation but when it becomes law it becomes what you love it governs your life it rules your life it determines your actions so when we talk in the church we talk truth but when we talk kingdom we talk law right uh, Psalm 37 verses 31 David was new covenant before, while he was in old covenant Psalm 37 verses 31 the law of his God is in his heart none of his steps shall slide the law is in his heart Psalm 40 verses 8 I delight to do your will oh my God yes your law is within my heart 
So you see, the word has to become law in our hearts. It has to become our standard. Psalm 119 verses 34. Psalm 119 verses 34. Give me understanding and I shall keep your law. Yes, I shall observe it with my whole heart. Give me understanding and I shall keep your law. So from understanding to law written on your heart. Do you see that? And I shall observe it with my whole heart. Uh, Verses 142 of 119. Yes. Thy righteousness is an everlasting righteousness and thy law is the truth. So truth must become law in your heart. He says new covenant is I will write my law on your hearts and on your minds. Because that is how God governs you. So, a, a, a simple example is, if, if, let's say, we're walking in signs and wonders, doing signs and wonders. Now, now let's say your boss, that you are, whom you are working for, is daughter is sick and you pray for him and he gets and the daughter gets healed obviously the the boss will be open because of the miracle to hear what you have to say right and you can tell him about jesus you know give his life maybe to the lord but that boss will not make you manager just because you healed his daughter will not make you manager. He'll not put you into a position of authority just because you did a healing. Because he's going to think you can't run his business. Do you understand that? You've got to think about that. He's not going to make you manager. He's not going to let you run. He's not going to put you in a, pos- a position. If he can't see that you haven't got the capability of running his business, even though you may have healed his daughter in the name of Jesus. If you've got no principles, nothing to give, think Joseph. Joseph comes out of prison. They can't interpret a dream, a simple a dream. He interprets the dream. They stand in awe at him at the ability to interpret the dream. But immediately when he interprets the dream, what does he do? He then gives them, he then tells them what they must do to survive the famine. Then they said, no. You, come here. We make you over everyone. Now he goes into a place of authority. Now, later on the Bible says, Joseph was a father to Pharaoh. Joseph later on made laws in Egypt that all of Egypt followed. So now God's law is coming in. And that whole nation is under the rule of Joseph, under the rule of God. 
Daniel did the same thing. So now, now what I am beginning to see is that God sends you to your workplace. You start at the bottom so that you can learn at that level the skill and then once you have mastered it and uh, have done it correctly, then he gives you, a, then he allows promotion. For the purpose, what is now the purpose of promotion? Kingdom. What now becomes the reason for promotion? Kingdom. Influence. Rule. So you then, you then get a higher, you, do, you master that level, get it under you, then you go higher. Another promotion. And that's what happened to Daniel. That's what happened to Joseph. He, he was sold as a slave, although it was done like it, but Joseph said, Joseph said, God did it, allowed it. So now we are not talking just about, whenever we talk about salvation, if I say the word salvation, what do you think? You think, get people saved. That's the first thing. Born again. We need people saved. Now, don't get me wrong. We need to get people saved. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying we mustn't get... But I'm saying, our problem is when we think salvation, we only think born again. You can't think anything else. But what about Joseph who saved the nation from crumbling? What about when Jesus told Peter them, Give me your boat. That's his business. Okay? You can spiritualize it also. But that boat was his business. They weren't catching fish. He said, give it here. He went. He preached a little bit. Then he said, throw out on the other side. He saved their business. So now we're not just talking about saving people. We're talking about saving businesses. Or saving people. In economics or something like that, we, we are thinking broader than just here in the church. Do you understand? So we, the church will be split up. There will be people working in here so that we can focus on Christ and Him crucified. But then we also go out there so we can focus on Christ's Lordship. Do you understand? So there's a Everyone everywhere doing different things. So the reason why God put you... So now I'm not looking for programs. Feeding schemes. I'm all I'm looking for is for you to take up your ministry. Because I asked myself, how did Paul get it right in Acts chapter 19? Two years. He didn't travel to preach he just stayed in one city but he was reaching Asia because he gave the ministry to the people they took the ministry they took the ministry of reconciliation they were the ambassadors the gospel do you understand what I'm saying you see so so we have to start so the reason why you're in your work, now you see, now you can see I want you in your work place. <laughs> if it is God's will for you to live like mine, so fine. But the majority of us, 
So now we start focusing on your workplace because that is where the ministry is lived out. That is where you can take up the commission, the mandate, the call of God for the church. Do you understand? Now when you go to your work, you got to see that you have a mission. And so we have to learn from Joseph and Daniel how they did it. And when we study them, we see that they didn't do it by preaching. They did it by a life of excellence, a life of servanthood where they went. Having the ability, the wisdom to say things that people will ask, you give us the advice. We want you to speak for us. You have the answers. When you study Daniel, you see that Daniel was a man of wisdom that he could solve problems. So when there was a problem, he said, Dice the So when Daniel gave the answer, it came from God. The wisdom came from God. So it was God's law. It was God's principles that is being implemented. So the people are governed by God's law. Do, do you understand that? So now it changes. Now when you understand this, I was never implying that you should leave your work. I was rather implying you should know where your source is. I was trying to tell you you should know where your trust is. I was trying to tell you you should know who is the one you must always be loyal to. Who is the one who sources. Then, go into that place lest you fall into temptation and a trap because of covetousness. Because you must go into that environment and you must take up the ministry there. But you need to sort out your heart going into it because it seduces you it sucks you in if you are not careful it hunts for you what uses if a man gains the whole world to lose his soul do you understand you can get sucked in there and that's the reason for dealing with covetousness because otherwise, the temptation can get you. Okay? So I wrote here, in the church, Jesus is Savior. In the church, Jesus is Savior, Redeemer, High Priest. In the church, Jesus is Savior, Redeemer, High Priest. These are all things that help me. He saves me. He redeems me. You know, and we, we continuously talk about He's our Redeemer. He's our Savior. He's our High Priest. Right? That's what He can do for me. But when we talk kingdom, then we are saying, Jesus is my Lord and my King. Changes the whole. Now, if you say Jesus is your Lord, why are you doing your own thing? It changes. It changes that whole, that whole understanding, right? 
Are you all with me? So now, when we're going to start, when we start focusing on kingdom, seek first the kingdom, seek my rule, seek my reign, seek where you are going into to bring my law. Right? My law. My word. That's not preaching. That's understanding God's education. That's understanding these things. You see, when you start talking about, when I just mention those things, it feels like these things are too complex for me. It becomes complex. Right? But that's the very reason why God puts you into work. To a workplace where he knows he can use you and that's more or less your strength and it causes you to get that thing under that skill develop get it under your feet go to the next level until you come to a place of imposition of influence and authority so that you now become the voice that will shape that whole thing according to the kingdom. That means you have a mission. So I'll end off with a last verse. We'll take it up in two weeks' time. Uh, so I'm talking now about the calling. You all have a call. That's why you cannot despise your workplace that's why you cannot you have to change the way you look at your work right um was i first timothy chapter 6 verse 1 first timothy chapter 6 verses 1 first timothy chapter 6 verse 1 let as many servants as are under the yoke count their own masters worthy of all honor in today's terms, if you have a boss, and you are the worker. Okay? Today's terms. We'll talk about that later. God does not see you as a worker. God sees you as a servant. That's why it is like that. Because you must go into your workplace and serve. The Bible says about Joseph in uh, Genesis chapter 39, or somewhere there, 39, 40, 41, one of the two, he says he served Potiphar. That was his boss. He served Potiphar. He says, let as many servants as are under the yoke count their own masters worthy of all honor that the name of God and his doctrine be not blasphemed. Now, the name of God and his doctrine is the word blaspheme means to speak evil of. To speak evil of. So they say the reason you must submit at work and respect your boss and not have a bad attitude is so that your God doesn't get evil spoken of. We like to say we are Christians. Hoping that would save someone. Right? We like to say we are Christians. But then, 
we don't do it right, then they speak bad about our God, our Father, and then they don't want to listen to what you have to say. Then they, don't, then they speak evil of your doctrine. Genesis chapter 1 verse 26, let us make man in our image. What does that mean? It means, the word image means, the God who is invisible will be made visible or known by you. That's what it means to be God's image. God says, God didn't say, God didn't say, let me make just Jesus my image. God said, let us make man. That means, that's the call. That's the calling. One of the things about this new season, it is to, it is to bring God's call back to the church. It's to bring the original intent of God back to the church. What is his original intent? That you all have a calling. And what are you called to do? You are called, firstly, to reveal him. Now, I'll show, two weeks time, I'll show you some scriptures where that, how that happens. When Joseph interpreted the dream, he said, Yo, but yo, you're God. When Daniel interpreted the dream, he said, You're God. When Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego wouldn't bend and went to the fire, Nebuchadnezzar came and knelt down before him and said, You're God. Image. Made him known. Made him visible. Then he listened to Daniel and Joseph and Shadrach. Then Shadrach was put into, they were given high positions. They were promoted. So your calling is to reveal God and God's name is on you. You are the carrier of his name. You are his representation. The word image means representation. It means you are his representative. You are his ambassador. You are the one who in your workplace is representing him. But if you come to your workplace late, what honor is that? Don't do your work right. What honor is that? If you have a bad attitude with your boss, what, what honor is that to the name of your God? A lovely history. Like when he went to that, to that place when he wanted to get that building. When he said, you want to have a church here, the guy says, why do you want to have a church here? There's church downstairs already. Why? Who This See the guy is image of God. Who you see an image, the image of God produces the image in the mind of another person. So I influence your image of God. 
Our, our calling then is to make him known first after that dominion. Do you understand that? So now, now you can see the whole time I was not talking about leaving your work. I was talking, I was, I was just dealing, I was just dealing with the heart so that when we go in, you have the barrier up. What is the barrier? Contentment. Remember what does contentment mean? Barrier. You have the walls up. You are guarded, protected in your heart. Contentment. Have the barrier up. Have the walls up. Guard your heart, for out of it comes the issues of life. Do you understand that? So, please, you've got now to understand whether you see it that way or not. At your work, you are already revealing your God. Either you're giving a bad name or you're giving a good name. You are already living out your calling. So even if you take it up or not, you are living it out. Want jy het moest klaar gesê, ek gaan keer toe sondag. Moest klaar gesê, ek is by die heren, praise die heren. Right? You already gave the hint that you are saved. So you are already living the calling. The scripture says, we must make sure that he that it is not ruining his name. 